Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. I'm back for a third time in part three of a three-part interview with Trisha Campbell. Trisha was born and raised in Massachusetts with her three siblings. Trisha is the daughter of a police officer and a teacher. After graduating from Bowdoin College in Brunswick, Maine, she taught middle school and high school social studies while also coaching field hockey, basketball, and track. Her experience as a teacher and coach served as training for her true calling, being a mom of many. So without further ado, one more time, here's the author of Eight Was Enough, Trisha Campbell. Trish, thank you for being back with me for this episode. Thanks for having me, Stan. Uh, I'm, I'm loving our conversation, and you are so authentic, Uh you're just talking from your heart and your experiences. And I just know that my moms and my dads are going to find this uh, uplifting and and know that they're not alone in no. trials and troubles that they face. We all do. And that's right. show them this great big glimmer of hope of somebody that's gone through trials and tribulations themselves and, and come out smiling on the other side, and I want to thank you for that. But today I want to have a little fun because okay. looking at your bio, uh, one of the things you talked about is some of the relatable, amusing anecdotes collected while you were raising eight kids because they say and do the darnest things, and sometimes you just find yourself laughing. Yeah. So, yeah. Give us an example uh, of some of the things that you, you experienced with uh, with kids. Maybe we'll trade a couple back. If yeah. Well, I, I think the way they just perceive life is just so amusing. Like <laughs> I, one of my sons, one time we were driving down the road, he saw a billboard and it said not to drink and drive or whatever. He goes, is that because they think you'll have to pee? <laughs> it's like well yeah that could be one of the reasons <laughs> and I mean they just don't like their, their little minds go wherever they go and you just go it's oh, just so cute that they think like that but um but they, yeah things just come up and you know they ask yeah. questions and sometimes they ask them from the heart <laughs> yeah or like one time we were driving in the our van and and one of them we we had been hiking and one of them yelled from the back that they wanted um, 
Max to run the air conditioning. And I was like, Max? And they said, yeah, you know, Max and Norm run the air conditioning. Norm doesn't do it nearly as well as Max. Make Max run the air conditioning. And he had seen on the knob where it says normal and Max on the knob. And and he thought there was two guys in there. And Max was doing a really good job. And Norm was kind of a slacker. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like a throwback to the Flintstones, you know, like you got somebody on the inside on a little treadmill, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. that's got a fan spinning. Oh man, yeah. you know they they do, and, and you know what they'll they'll rat you out too. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> oh, my, my, I'm driving along, and my kids go, you know, uh, Daddy, my, Mama don't quite stop for the lights like you do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I said, like, okay. All, all right, then. Yeah. Yes, have some conversations. Uh, I don't know what you expect for me to do about that. Yeah, that, that is a cop, but you know, you go back and talk to Bob about that. I, I don't. That's funny. Oh, and it's God. like they expect for you to go, 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 go talk to her about that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Have you ever had any of your eight just kind of just. Out you? Out you, yes. <laughs> um, well, when you adopt, you have months. Well, especially if you foster and adopt, you have months where social workers come to the house and they, you know, they just check on how the child's doing, check how the family's doing, whatever. And sometimes they would just say something that should they shouldn't say. And um just like what do you one lady was very big, and my son said, "Did she eat too much butter?" And I was like, "Oh, oh, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, well." But, but yeah. these are teaching moments too, yeah. are they not? Yes, yeah, exactly. You have to talk to them about, you know, what it's appropriate to say out loud, what we talk about later, or you know, hold that question. Put a pen in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, this is where they, they begin to learn their social skills yeah. at home, mm-hmm. even before they start in school, in, in kindergarten. They, they start to learn those social interactions, um, right. what they should say, what they shouldn't say. Or turn-taking, those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. How to sit quietly and listen and and wait if you have to and that kind of thing. So yeah, you're right. Um, and these are your nice words and things along that nature. But now you have an autistic son. So, and I have one too. So I, I, I just got to ask you that there, there are things that come unscripted mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, yeah. You know, at my, at my graduation from a grad school, he saw a lady, she had a, a dress that was, I mean, it wasn't the best color combination. Uh, and he, wanted to make, he wanted to make mention of it. It, it was like, son, you can't do that. <laughs> but, but why? It's the, it's the truth. I yeah. said, son, it may be the truth, but that's not what we do in, in the public sphere. You can't do that. But, yeah. but why not? So it, it's things like And I'm just wondering... <laughs> With with your autistic son, have you ever had those uh, awkward moments? Awkward moments. There have been 
some awkward moments, but my son tends to be more the quiet one. Mm-hmm. He, uh, it, it, the awkwardness might be when he's kind of staring off and somebody's addressed him and he's not engaging. That's the kind of awkward things that we'd have with him more. And then um, I remember like sometimes we would go to visitations because we fostered and adopted him. And when he was in foster care, he had to go to family visits and um, he really struggled with those. And Mm -hmm. birth mom was really mad at me because I would hold him and not put him down until he was ready to get down. And she, um, yeah, it, it, she was pretty feisty and uh difficult and so yeah it, yeah he but at the same time sometimes he would do something that would surprise you and you'd and you'd be like oh my gosh like that was totally appropriate what he just did you know and and that that also is a blessing right you know like oh I think he caught on like, like that was, that was a good thing to do. And he, he's, he's really flourished now. I mean, he's just, he learned that he liked to work, that he felt a lot of uh, satisfaction from work. And um, he, he likes to like, he was working at Costco and he was helping customers put their things in their cars, even though he was in charge of the, the shopping carts, he would help people and, and stuff. And people would say stuff to his, um, manager th- that he was so helpful. But then one time he came home and he said, oh, I was helping this lady put stuff in the car and she kept patting my back and thanking mm. me. I'm like, Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. And he goes, I was like, you didn't blow up. Did you? He goes, no, I didn't, but I really wanted to. Like, I it really wanted to, cause what's yeah. not good to me? <laughs> I'm like, okay, good, good job. <laughs> But um, just yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, people can't know. For and you, Bob's and dads out there that have autistic children, I want you to know that we we do feel for you. But at the same time, they are such a joy. Nothing gladdens my heart as a father than to see my son come up and, and come behind my my wife and put his arms around her and hug his mother. Mm, that's great. And he does it with such, such love and, and such tenderness uh, awesome. that, that just displays that, hey, I'm a son who, yeah. who loves and is thankful for my mother. And to see him treat a lady in this way, yeah. uh, every time I see it, I am touched. Yeah. Yeah. He has a little... Well, he, I was going to say he has a little service animal. Uh, the the Labrador he has is more than a little. <laughs> yeah, my son had a service animal for a while, too. And they, that was a blessing. That was great. Aren't they, though? And, and parents, so you know, if, you, if, you, if you have an autistic child and, and you can find a pet that just really connects with them, mm-hmm. I, I found that ours would calm down mm-hmm. uh, in the presence of his, uh, of his pooch and uh, – you know, right. he, he would kind of know when. He, yeah. He the other thing I found was like, um, <clears throat> if he'd start the flapping thing with with his hands, and he'd he'd be all excited and flapping because maybe we were watching a movie or something. Well, the other kids would find that 
irritating or distracting. All I had to do was get the service animal to go. And I, uh, the command was visit. And I would tell her to visit. She'd go over and put her chin on his thigh and his hands would go right to her head. And he'd start to channel that into her head. Problem solved. It was great. Mm, really now it's such a blessing. So with your other children, do you you have any what I call like high high eyes, the 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 life of the party? <laughs> um <clears throat> I think that and when you have eight, they all try to be the life of the party because oh, everybody's competing no. for attention. Um, but we definitely had one that was much more dramatic and mm. singing, and she would stand on a stool in the kitchen and do a Aretha Franklin piece or whatever she was just yeah that that was her style but um when we would have like campfires out out in the out in the the woods the the kids would they they would make a little stage and they'd all do their little fun thing or whatever and i love those times you know they were all doing their some were doing a comedy bit the other ones were singing the other ones were dancing whatever so yeah never lonely never boring at the campbell house <laughs> you know what it takes all types to have a family it takes all types and you never know the type that god's going to give you but i can guarantee you what they whatever type that god provides you with he's also providing you with the ways it means to be able to take care of them so I learned very early on that he'll never give you more than he can handle you know some mm-hmm say he'll never give you more than you can handle i'm like that's not true <laughs> that's not true <laughs> it's it's really he won't give you more than he can handle uh and, and our 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 father can handle anything mm-hmm. so now going from the humorous to the not so humorous okay i, I know that sometimes discipline and, and getting chores done and things of that mm-hmm. but can you give me uh two or three tips the uh a parody tips for handling discipline, dif- okay. difficult topics, chores, and things like that. So with discipline, we always believe that that if you dig deep at the root of the problem, whatever the, the issue is, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to have growth with the child. Mm-hmm. And so... Not just the action itself, but get down to what caused it. Yeah, what's going on. And, and allow... allow natural consequences to do as much work as possible. If the natural ones aren't, aren't doing the job, then move on to logical consequences, mm. something that makes sense with the, the thing. And if that doesn't work, then you can move on to artificial, which basically means, you know, timeouts and taking away privileges and those kinds of things. But, but if you start with the, the natural consequences of something and the logical consequences of something, you're really going to have more impact on what the root of the problem is. I love that. I love that. It works. But, and the other thing I have to say too, like relative to the chore part that you brought up, I have a really great system and it's on my website. If you go on trishakcampbell.com and download uh, the free peg system, it's called, that was our chore system. But the one thing that Dave and I always said about kids and chores is that they don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. So pay attention to what they're doing and, and slowly you can wean off 
when they've become trustworthy about doing things the way that you need them to do, to do, and you want them to do things with excellence. So, you know, you just have to, and the more that, and the more everybody pitches in, the more things we can do as a family and, and kids can't expect parents to, to, you know, do everything. And, and a lot of them do, which is unrealistic. And you'd be surprised at what, uh, what a kid can actually do. <clears throat> you know, I, mm -hmm. I work at a Royal Ranger ministry and we, we believe in the patrol system and uh, we have a senior patrol leader who's usually like junior high or high school. Yeah. I remember having a young leader and he says, Hey, you know, we got to get the cap set up. And I said, well, let's just get a couple of chairs. I got a couple of chairs. He said, well, hold up, Stan, we just can't sit here. We got to get the cap together. And I told the senior patrol leader, I said, Go get me a Dr. Pepper. So what do you want? Well, I'm a Coke drinker. Get him a Coke. So when he brought it back, I turned to him. And I said, uh, senior patrol leader, get the cap set up. That junior high went, got with the elementary kids, and the cap, boom, went up. That's great. He directed the patrol leaders, and the patrol leaders directed their people, and they were learning. And, and, and some of it wasn't perfect, and some of it had yeah. to go back and be corrected. Right. But they were learning how to lead. They were learning how to follow instructions. They were learning how to work together as a team. And the same thing happens in a family. Right. They learned how to lead themselves. They learned how to work with each other to right. get things right. done. So I'm, I'm going to check out your, uh, you know, your, your, your tips on the, what do you call it? The peg system. Yeah, it's great. It really worked well. And it because really what it did was it gave the kids incentive to do it. It didn't, it didn't put all the onus on us. And um, they always wanted to get back to the peg system. Like if we went on vacation or something and it went by the wayside or, or whatever, they always wanted to get back to it because we had monetary incentives built into it and they, they loved it. So it gave them a little power over their lives between, you know, Christmas and birthday. That wasn't the only time they they could uh, get something or do something if they wanted to. They could earn money. So yeah, you can like, literally earn it. So this is something yeah. on your website, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, moms and dads, we we will have a link pointing you out to that. I, I advise you checking that out because that's something you know chores are hard to get kids to do. But if everybody live in that household, everybody needs mm -hmm. to take part. You're right. Okay. One more thing. Difficult topics. Okay. Do you have a tip for I do. You know, difficult topics? Difficult topics. Well, especially, I mean, with adopted and special needs kids, there are difficult topics. But with any child, there can be difficult topics, right? Um, and I've learned that they're ready to hear the answers when they ask the question. So don't dodge them. If they've asked the question, they, they're, they're ready to hear the answer. But especially with adopted kids, you, you have to be honest. Don't, don't make up some goofy story or whatever. You have to be honest, but you also have to be really gentle and couch things accordingly. So like, for instance, if somebody asked me where, their birth dad was, and I knew he was in prison, I would say, mm. you know, yeah, he, he, you know what, he made a, a bad choice and we all make bad choices sometimes. Right. And oh, so that kind of thing. So you just try to temper it as best you can, but don't lie to them about anything. That's, 
that's number one. But but handle it in a way that that their little whatever their age group is can handle it, and um, and and help them to accept difficult truths um, by being really gentle about it and try to stay positive. Like we always stayed positive with the kids relative to, we didn't say ever say you were given up for adoption. We would say your mom made an adoption plan. See how it sounds that more positive. Mm, I like or, that. Better. I like the adoption plan. Uh, right. Choice. That sounds like a positive thing. Or um, we never said, that uh, a child was um, mixed race. We always would say multiracial because multi sounds like multiplying, right? Like a good thing. Mixed sounds confused, right? So we would always, so we always tried to use very positive verbiage with them and um, things that would make them feel better about situations. Even if it was a hard situation, you, there's a way to do it. And so just be careful with your words. The, the, make good word choices, maybe work through some things before you have the conversations come up. But when they ask, that's when they're ready to hear the answers. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, particularly when they start hitting third grade and up and, and they're starting to mature and everything, uh, you, 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 you kind of have to talk to like many adults, not, not like right. a full adult, right. but a many adult. And you, I used to get these new third graders to come into our Discovery Ranger program, third to fifth grade. And I said, hey, everyone in here, you're closer to being a man than you are being a baby. That's so good. we're going to treat you like men and we're going to respect you like men. That's great. And I said, uh, you know, when you when you show us that you can perform at this level, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to acknowledge you for it. And let me tell you, their little chest would stick out. Right. Consider he considers me closer to being a man. I, 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 it, yeah, it's that positive way of looking at it. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and showing them you had high aspirations for them that you have expectations that, uh, mm-hmm. like, I believe you can do this. Oh, that is so powerful. And, and you would think, uh, Tricia, that people get that that they would do it all the time, but I've come across boys. They say, do you know why I stay on top of you? No, sir. I said, the reason I stay on top of you whenever you come here, Rangers, is that you, you're capable of doing more than what you do. See, mm-hmm. I believe in you more than you believe in yourself, and I'm going to stay on top of you until you believe in yourself just like I believe in you. And then he turned around and told me, nobody's ever told me that they believed Aww. in me. I'll, it was everything I could do to try to, <laughs> yeah. to, try to hold it in. Right. I, was, I was just blown away. You know, man, it just makes me wonder, Tricia, how, how often some of our kids never hear. Yeah. That they yeah. were really good. And, and mom and dads, if you're out there, uh, let your kids know that you believe in them. Mm-hmm. Let your kids know that you that you love them, even when they get to be teenagers and, and it it's happened to me with just two. Trish, I can imagine how often this happened to you with eight. Oh, oh, yeah. I, we at one point we had five teenagers. Yeah. It was they ever tell you, don't be telling people that you love me in public. Stop <laughs> that. <laughs> that happened to you. Oh, I had one of my daughters used to walk ten strides in front of me. If I was in the school, she would not walk next to me. <laughs> it's like way out in front. I'm like, uh, oh. hey. 
you know what? While you're here, you only got so many days on this earth to be able to tell you that you love them. And that's what my dad told me. So I'm going to, every day that I get the chance, I'm going to let you know that I love you because, uh, you know, one day uh, uh, daddy won't be here. Right. And maybe that'll resound in their little heads. Like they'll, they'll still be hearing it. You'll be yeah. that still quiet voice back there leading them on. That's good. <laughs> I can just imagine you eight having to go through the teenage years. Yeah. Or the preteen eight times. Yeah. Wow. I, I tell you what, you 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 and your husband all just get a medal for that, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. It but is uh, not. it's a Thank you so much for being all with us during these three interviews. Bobs and dads, please, please check out the podcast description because you're going to find links to Trisha's website and her book. Uh, Trisha, one more time, give them your uh, website and, uh, and where they can find your book. So it's TrishaKCampbell.com. And you can get my book, Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, There's also a a link on the website if you want to go there. But you really, anywhere books are sold, you can get the book. Just remember, it was eight was enough. And uh, yeah, it was was quite an adventure. It's full of miracles and all kinds of really cool stuff that happens. So And humor. And And humor. uh, you, we will have that link directly to Amazon, so uh, uh, check it out in the podcast description. But that brings us to the end of this episode. So, Bob's and Dads, thank you for joining us here. And until next time we speak, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parody Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was once said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.